Hello and welcome to the Eastern Kicks podcast, a regular magazine program about East Asian film led by me, Andrew Heskins, founder and grandmaster of EastonKicks.com, and James Mudge, our leading writer. Hey-o. Each episode, we'll be taking a look at the latest films, news, and festivals, often chatting to filmmakers and stars along the way. Hello and welcome to our latest show. This time, we're looking at the truly deranged horror, The Sadness. <laughs> Later on, we chat to the film's director, Rob Jabaz. But before we get started, let's get to that important question. What are you drinking this episode, James? <laughs> Very classy, man. I've got a nice uh, few cans of a McEwan's Export, a.k.a. the Red Death, from Glasgow, <laughs> just because, you know, so-called because of the, the can. And it's completely, it's red, and it looks mm. deathly. And it's got that funny chap on it as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, some old laughing cavalier. It says he's Mr. McEwan, I'm going to cast doubt on that, but it's only 4.5%. Who knows what Mr. McEwan does at the weekend? Uh, he, he looks quite happy with himself, I'll say that. And yourself, man, that looks I'm considerably so- stronger than mine. Uh, well, yeah, mine is uh, back on the Ampleforth Abbey beer, which is my uh, beer discovery of 2020, and still <laughs> still working it like a, like I can. Yeah. Um, it is their Debel, which is 7%. Okay, you, you've um, this and, one. and very nice. I know it's been on the show before. I mean, we could look to them for being our sponsors, but this <sighs> probably wouldn't be the episode to do No, it probably not. I mean, some, you know, all things considered, probably it's not one that's massively people are going to... Uh, Associate themselves with in yes. some ways. Not not for an actual <laughs> proper Abbey. Actually, maybe actually maybe maybe McCunes would be okay for that, or if we can get Buckfast on the show. And so on to the sadness. Hmm. A terrific, if nasty horror, in a very old school category of three style. Um, yes. It's released by streaming service Shudder from the 12th of May. Nice. So, I mean, should we give a, a little bit of an idea of the storyline and the context for this? Why not? Why not? Um, a very condensed one, because there isn't a gigantic amount of story to it, uh, which I, I don't mean it in, in a bad way even, but, it, you know, it's set in Taiwan, backdrop of a pandemic. I think it's called the, the Alvin virus. I'm not sure if that's a subtitle thing or anything, but sweeping through it, not causing too much trouble or anything, some sort of COVID type thing. Um, but then it like goes through some mad mutation and everything like that. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this a bit later, but it just seems to transform people into being consumed by some animalistic, like very sort of basic degenerate madness and desires. And they all go around committing acts of extreme savagery and, you know, everything falls into chaos. And then as usual, like, you know, that's, that's good enough, but then we get a couple of a small human story kind of in the middle where we get some dude, um, Jim, according to the some, <laughs> according to the titles again, and cat spelt with a K, uh, who are a couple who are kind of caught up in the carnage, but they're, they're in different parts of the city and they're just trying to find their way to each other across through the carnage and everything. And needless to say, it's not an easy journey, things go wrong. She's being pursued by some 
perverted businessman who is a pervert already and then the sad just makes him like triple down on his madness and perversion and everything he's still after her <laughs> and everything and uh, yeah it just that, that's pretty much it it just unfolds against that backdrop but and it's essentially just you know a series of um really quite impressive splatter set pieces against so that. i mean this has traveled to various uh sort of fantasy mm. genre festivals around the world a lot of a lot of good press including by us ourselves on Eastern Gates. yes 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 that's um, true and yeah and, and i guess i mean for us it's quite unusual because we don't necessarily see this kind of gore mm. from taiwanese films no i mean it's, absolutely. it's quite unusual to have something that's quite this extreme and yes readers it, it listeners i should say yes listeners this is extreme it is extreme i mean i, I believe it had a trigger warning at fantasia and, and somewhere else as well for people because of the the nature of some of the violence but but no you're absolutely right i mean i mean you're saying even before like taiwan does produce a lot of horror but it is generally stuff which has curse bridge rope tag along everything mm. in the title so there's a lot of it but it's pretty rare to see gore horror coming from time and especially this kind of proper gore horror mm. which we're not really seeing from too many places in asia anyway it, it's quite time. interesting but that does proportionally for the amount of films that they 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 put out there mm. are there are, is increasing amount that are um horror films at the very yes. least yeah, 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 um, yeah that's true and there are it does feel like some of them are getting a kind of moving up or not sure i mean i'm going to think of an example i've seen mm. recently incantation i'd uh, like to see that yeah which yeah, is which is found footage style which yeah. i feel oh. massively to you Man, but, no, um that. but that is that is actually reasonably it's not on this kind of level but it is actually reasonably gory and it, it is oh, relentless in the way that it kind of grabs the whole <sighs> so i think you know maybe we are going to see a lot more of this um and i you know in some ways you're going to be a little um you're going to be a little bit uh, candid about this it is it feels like you know that the horror sells yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah there are possibly that's one of the reasons we're going to see more of this so that these films get out into the wide world i'm sure some of the ones we're seeing are going to get sold to shutter or netflix so. or, yeah, or yeah. whoever is going to pick them up no no i hope so and i think as well it's partly i mean it's without diverging too much into this but like taiwan is putting so much effort into attracting co-production an international co-production now under its whole taika i can't pronounce it, i should call it taika scheme but that, it's it makes it a very attractive place to make or these low budget ones you know and you have quite a lot of really great people in the industry working in this area which is why you know two production projects i'm working on at the moment are, are, are i would say nastier than the sadness personally but <laughs> they're going to be there everything like that so yeah, absolutely. I, I think as well, whether it's films which are shot in Taiwan or which are like actually Taiwan Taiwanese films. I mean, this is. I mean, we were getting back to some of the stuff when Hong Kong was shooting a lot of stuff in the seventies and eighties mm. in Taiwan and stuff. So it's it's got a good history of being a yeah a place to shoot these kind of films. Everything got a huge variety of locations and everything. And um, I'll just stop there and because I'm just becoming an advert for shooting in Taiwan. But <laughs> but no, you're right. I, there's a, we are seeing more of these horror films proportionally. Um, we've had some gore ones, just not not too many so far. I and mean, we've had the films of all the Joe Chen. Um, he's done some more stuff in the mainland, although he did Abyssal Spider in Taiwan a year or two ago, which I haven't seen yet. It's not a gore film. It looks what was that 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 one which played at East Winds Bugs or something like that. Something which was absolutely. A fire alarm went off in the middle of it, which was good. Um, 
<laughs> but no, he did great films like Zombie 108, a.k.a. Mm. Call of the Undead. <laughs> no idea why. Zombie Fight Club, which was more of a Hong Kong production by him. They did some stuff in the mainland as well. But we the, the sadness does stand out from anything we've seen before from Taiwan. Uh, yeah. And you're right, maybe we will see more of this stuff in the future, which would be very, very welcome. And, you know, having people like Shudder, Netflix, whatever, pick stuff up and release it and suddenly gives you a new model for releasing stuff because these, these kind of things are not necessarily going to get released widely in the cinemas the day of dvd and stuff is fairly overish mm. and everything so it's great that there is with these online platforms maybe we will see more because there's a way to make some money off them so let's dive into the interview we had earlier with rob thank you so much for being on the call rob yeah yeah thank you and we'll just say briefly we are you know fans of the film and everything so it's very cool to have a chance to Talk to you about it briefly and everything, man. So, um, so yeah, just to fire straight into the question. Like, uh, so obviously, like zombie films, you know, continue to be really, really popular everywhere. Uh, but you, there's quite a range in different types. You know, from the states, we have the zombie comedies, like you know, Zombie Land, everything like that. From Korea, big hits like Train to Busan, which is mainly a lot of crying and everything. But then, where does where does the sadness kind of fit into this sort of ongoing massive trend of like zombie content? Um. I guess just like uh, trying to, uh, you know, trying to find a way to make it scary again and make it urgent again um, by by adding an element of, uh, of sadism and sexual violence to the whole thing, in, in the hope of it, of in the hope of that sort of um, you know shocking people and uh, and then as far as like the, the the gore and sort of the the spectacle of the whole thing. Um, I think that's, well, I mean, t- to be honest, like the, I think that that is, uh, that energy is maybe something that uh, I'm not sure I've seen that. I mean, I guess one could argue that something like Zombieland or uh, that, that fucking, uh, what's it called? Uh, Army of the Dead. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's, maybe those are, you know, action packed or, you know, the Resident Evil movies are but I mean, I guess, okay, so in terms of just like the, the gore, well, you don't know, there's, listen, guys, I don't know. I'm just trying to make a movie here. I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to fucking bust some heads and trying to, trying to, you know, create something over here that, that maybe people haven't seen before. I didn't have a big budget. So I thought that the best thing to do would be to just make it vulgar and kind of, um, you know, repulsive. And I guess just that re- repulsion is, is really what I, what, what I find interesting. I mean, in terms of in terms of that that going in that direction, um, was your inspiration the sort of the old school Hong Kong category three movies and all that kind of Daughter of Darkness and all those those fantastic movies, Eternal? Uh, like in uh, it, like sort of in in spirit, yes. Like um, I, I've I've always found that those films, like I love those films, like um, uh, Herman Yao and uh, Billy Tang are are you know, really, really uh, just prolific and super underrated directors um, in, a, in, a, in a technical, even in a technical sense, like their, their films are just really snappy and energetic. And um, in the case of like Billy Tang and, and uh, um, uh, Red to Kill, for example, like the, the lighting and the, the atmosphere and just like the, all that, just the, t- like the, the feeling of that film is just is insane. Completely insane. But anyways, uh, um, it's not so much like the 
you know, uh, the, the subject matter or the, or like the violence or the, or the going over the top. Um, no, no, actually it, the going over the top. Yes. Because what, what I like, what I like about those films is like the freedom and sort of the, um, the, like no filter like just let's just like we you know you're, you're sitting in the theater watching those films i saw i saw the ebola syndrome uh in the theater at fantasia in in toronto in like i think like can't remember it might have been like 2009 or 2007 or 2008 or nine or something but like i was like oh the ebola syndrome this it sounds cool ebola and then and then it, i'm sitting in the theater and i and i i actually felt like in danger in the, in the movie theater. Like I I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know if I I don't, I don't know if I can watch this. You know, and I liked I just I had never felt like that before. Like like a movie could actually hurt me. You know, um, and uh, but the thing is is that there is sort of this like lowbrow humor that is pervasive in all those films. Like sort of like almost like Three Stooges kind of style comedy um in in the sort of the downtime between the you know the, between the uh the the scenes of just utter horror and uh and uh depravity but um i i always thought it'd be really cool if if uh you know you could you, you could make a movie that had that spirit but you kind of stripped away the comedy and tried to make it a, like more serious and that's maybe in terms of thinking of it from the perspective of like a category three uh, era film maybe maybe that's my answer I, 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 I liked I like elements of, of those films but the the comedy uh, although although it, for, for me it, it works uh, it, it works it absolutely in favor of those films I wouldn't change a thing but for for me like the film that I wanted to make I wanted it to be like a lot less humorous and uh, that, so that's kind of what I tried to do with the sadness I guess yeah, and I guess one of the other differences with the category three films, I mean, talking about like the sort of level of uh, like sexual violence uh, in the film, I think in some of those category three films, there's kind of a uncomfortable line of like some of the stuff being played for exploitation, titillation. Where I watching the sadness, I thought it was a lot more uh, nihilistic or dark in that respect. It didn't feel like any of those scenes were being played for those same kind of kicks that they are. Yeah, yeah, that's that kind of plays into the uh, into the con like here's the thing is like when you introduce sort of like this really um, you know kind of like I said before I guess for lack of a better word like lowbrow comedy and and you put it in the in this context um, with with uh, you know graphic rape scenes and stuff it's like it, it puts the audience in a funny position because it's kind of like um, Oh, okay. So this is this is funny. Like we're we're la we're laughing at this. Is that what we're doing? Like, and it and it it actually makes the movie. In, in my opinion, it actually makes them. If if you ask those guys, I think I, I found an interview like um, with, with one of those guys at, at some point. Um, I think I think this is the I think this is sort of the paraf paraphrased quote is that 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 comedy is in there to kind of uh, dull the blow of of a lot of that stuff. But in fact, it actually makes it worse because it kind of puts you in a position where you're kind of like. You know, like, oh, damn, this is we're supposed to kind of be flippant about this and, and not take it seriously. But like it's it's still horrific. And and but if the you know, if the tune is like, oh, yeah, we're, we're not taking this seriously, I find that to be more disturbing. So uh, it, I, I guess in a sense, uh, the sadness is I guess I'm tr trying to be a little take it a little more seriously and maybe try to be more like. I don't know, like 
like maybe I'm, it's just a product of its time. Like you, you can't, you kind of can't do a lot of that stuff anymore. Just, just due to sort of the backlash that you're receiving. And I mean, it's not even, it's not like I'm afraid of what people will say on Twitter. It's a matter of just like, no one's going to fucking buy the movie. Like no, no one's going to show the movie at the festival. You know, people will just not, you can make the most awesome movie in the world. You know, uh, you, you, you can make the movie that people think is like the, you know, the most brutal movie ever. But like the, the, the fact is, is that like, if you really go super far with it, no one's ever going to see it. And you end up just, you're the only, your only way to show it is just going to be like um, selling Blu-rays out of the, out of your own website or whatever, you know, like, like I need, I'm, I'm not doing this for my health. I'm doing this because I want to have a career. So like a, a lot of this stuff, I have to be a little more like tactful with, and I can't just kind of go all out because uh, that's just the way things are, you know? Uh, I mean, in general, the film does have this kind of like um, sense of nihilism to it and everything. And just, in, I think part of it as well, I think maybe due to these kind of COVID times and having like this sort of, you know, the sort of virus plot involved in it and everything. But are they really, I mean, I don't know how to say this, but are they actually zombies or is this just infection or, or they're not zombies in the Romero sense, but it seems to be more the people who are disconnected or disenfranchised and just like really nasty bastards rather than zombies in that kind of traditional sense and stuff yeah well I mean, like you guys you guys saw the film right yeah yeah of course <laughs> like it, it, it just changes their brain so that now the 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 violence center is linked with sex with the sexual drive right so um that that's what they are as, as far as like zomb you know are they zombies like no like not really like uh in this romero romero sense absolutely not because they're not dead uh and and sort of in the in the broader sense like the sort of the 28 days later sense which i i do believe should be called zombies because because what you are def defining as a zombie at that point is just sort of it, like the sort of the the colloquial zombie like the uh, mindlessness right mm -hmm. like so like uh in this in the sadness there's definitely there's definitely a mind and and there's definitely like intention um but it's not um it's not uh, like like sort of this uh, un unthinking kind of uh, just lizard brain driving everything. There's actually like like some thinking going on. So they're not they're not they're not zombies. We just we you know I I never I've never really called the film a zombie film until people started telling me it was a zombie film. And like Rumor Magazine early on uh, called called it the most. Uh, I forget the quote. It's like the most uh, brutal uh, zombie film or whatever of all time, uh, brutal and depraved zombie film of all time. And I was just, and then Raven Banner, who's our distributor, was like, uh, "Should we use this quote for the, for the, for the poster?" And I thought, and I said, "Yeah, I guess so." Like, I mean, I I know how lazy buyers are. I know, and I know how lazy like just sort of general audiences are. So we'll just say zombie film, and then they'll they'll say, "Oh wow, wow, yeah, let's go watch that," and then. And then after when they're done watching the film, they can have the argument of like, I, that's not a zombie or, you know, whatever. They can talk about it with their friends afterwards and have their their nerd argument about zombies or whatever, not zombies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Well, I, can, can we talk about like, the, the practical effects there? So, which are to. very, very impressive in, in the film. And um, you're, you're a CGI artist yourself. So did you consciously decide to go with the very kind of old school practical side of things rather than relying on uh, CGI? Yeah, no, the, 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 the thing about gore is that I am a, a staunch believer that uh, gore 
like it doesn't necessarily need to be done all practically, but um, you're definitely uh, the more that you can do on set and the more like sort of mess that you can make on the set, the more like painful and uh, revolting it will look like ultimately. And that is important because uh, I mean, that's the point you have to think like what, you know, what's the point of, of gore if you really strip it down like in a film and the, the you know i thought a lot about it like you know why do because it comes down to like why do we like it you know why, why are so many of us interested in this stuff um and i think it has a lot to do with making a mess uh, i think it has a lot to do with like uh, uh there's some there's certain kinds of like porn for example where like uh you know some guy will or some some woman will like just smash like a you know, coconut cream pile over her, her <laughs> uh, tits, you know, and then, uh, and then, uh, and that's, and that's the porn or like, you know, spaghetti sauce or whatever, like, it's this, or, 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 uh, or uh, bukake or just like a mess, yeah. just like a, a big disgusting mess. Uh, and, and that's for, for the people who are interested in that kind of porn, um, it's, it's fi something's firing in their brain. Like they're, they have some kind of anomaly in their brain that, that makes them appreciate uh, that, that sort of uh, spectacle, um, and I think that it, it, it's it's that's just sort of like a um, an an extrapolation upon sort of what most normal people have. Like for example, us guys here, uh, we like gore movies, and I think, but I think the same uh, you know whatever co collection of neurons within the brain are, are being activated when we see that sort of thing. Like there's a, a titillation that happens, but it, but if we know that it's if it's if we know that it's digital. Cause you know, you always do, you always know, you can yeah. always tell when that blood, that blood is fake, right? When it's a fluid simulation. So if it's real and we know it, then, um, that, that's, that itch is scratched. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like uh, taking a drag of a cigarette. If you take a drag of a clove cigarette, you're like, what the fuck is this? You take a drag of a real nicotine cigarette and you get that, that fix some, something it's, it's some, I think it's psychological. I, I'm, I'm, I, I would bet my life that it has something to do with like, some kind of deep psych psychological uh, uh, aspect. So that that's the old kind of uh, Tom Savani, Ricky yeah, Baker yeah. kind of kick that you get that's... Yeah, it's a million times removed from seeing something which is just... C like you say, man, anytime it's CGI, even if it's like hyper spectacular, you don't get the same kind of, you know, kicking the balls with yeah. it or anything like that. I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's... I don't... I've seen, like, for example... Uh, 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 you're, okay, I'm, let's. We, you guys got other questions. I don't want to dwell too much on this, but uh, and I agree. Yeah, I, I just I think that uh, I think that those guys like like uh, Rick Baker, Tom Savini, um, you know the all, all the all those awesome you know Todd Masters, all the, all the guys who are are uh, uh, special effects guys, um, Chris Wayless, you know mm. uh, they they stumbled upon they stumbled upon this this thing you know like this making a mess thing and. Uh, you know, and then now when we when we get into sort of computer uh, to CG gore, we realize that oh, you know, there's we 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 stumbled something that the thing that was stumbled upon is now kind of we're veering off that course, and now uh, and now we realize that that you know what we what we had the whole time. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here. Let's, no, let's, no, let's no, go to no, the no, question. No, no, for sure. I mean, it, I, this is why I'm looking forward to seeing this new Cronenberg film so much, just because you know we've seen his old school body horror stuff mm -hmm. where he was doing without the CG stuff. So now this is like a return to body horror from the trailer. But if it's all CG, I don't know if it's going to be CG, in which mm -hmm. case 
I, I'm just interested to see if that, that has an impact in the same way some of like your know, video drum. It's really strange. Yeah. It, it actually is strange to, to see him returning to that because yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I mean, the last thing he did like that, like existence, maybe. Existence, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it just it just seems so strange that he's returning because I mean, he, this is the guy who did a dangerous method, and <laughs> and now he's going back. Now he's going back to um, the the sort of the special effects and the latex monsters and the and the. It just it I, I just I I'm very curious to see the film. Yes, but but it, it it seems to me like just I, I never thought I'd see the day that he would go back to that stuff. Not and, mm -hmm. not to say not to say that I don't like that stuff but it's just like i just thought that he'd kind of moved on to sort of more mature filmmaking you know <laughs> yeah, for sure um i mean it's really quite i mean still roughly in the same arena and stuff like with a film like this with this so much gore and so darkness in it or anything i mean what was it like trying to you know getting it made in taiwan you know the horror genre in taiwan is much more you know the tag along the bridge curse the rope curse you know lots of ghosts oh, yeah. and everything so this, whereas this is you know, there's been a few Taiwan for like Zombie 108 and things like yeah, that, but not yeah. too many. Nothing really quite like the sadness. Yeah, yeah, the sad, the sadness is, uh, you know, worth watching. <laughs> but was it difficult like getting funding out there and like making it there? And everything was there, or did you when you were pitching it around? Did you get any kickback just because of the the nature of the film compared to like other Taiwan genre films? No, you have you have it all wrong. I, I I didn't pitch it around at all. I was commissioned to write the film. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, really. Oh, who by one of the studios there? Or if it's okay to talk about it, just a guy. I mean, we're running out of time. We only got about a minute left, or a minute or two left. But uh, I'll just wait for Susanna to kick me out. But yeah, that that basically what happened was like COVID. COVID happened, and I just happened to know uh, a guy who uh, you know wanted to make a movie, and and he just thought. Oh, you know, okay, COVID's happening. Taiwan is dealing with it really well. Mm. And we have an opportunity here to make a film. So, Rob, do you want to write a script? And I said, uh, sure, uh, I'll write a script. And then he, he kind of gave me an outline of what he kind of wanted to do. And I, and I sort of took it to, you know, I took the idea and took it to where I needed it to be, mm. adding all the sex, sexual violence and stuff and like the, just making it kind of extreme because I needed, because I wanted to stand out. What, what he was asking for was a little more, um, uh, you know, like a little more common or, or just sort of something that we'd seen before. And then um, so he, he took the script. He said, oh, this looks great. I'm going to go shop, see if I can find a director. He goes away, comes back in a couple of weeks, says, you can't find a director. Do you want to direct? I say, yeah, sure. But I need to have final cut. And then I, uh, and he says, yeah, okay, sure. You know, and then that was basically how it went down. Um, it was a pretty unlikely situation, but that's how, that's how it went down. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's very, that's interesting. Very cool. Um, so it's last, last question, um, yeah. I guess, just uh, aside from anything which inspired the film, do you have any key horror film favorites yourself? Uh, I really like um, uh, Zuolowski's uh, Possession from Yeah, uh, yes. Great soundtrack as well. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. I, I just, I watched that the other day and I was like, uh, Jesus is really good. I, it, I think that in a lot of ways, it it it, it out Hellraiser's Hellraiser, um, but because it, I was just thinking about how those two are so similar. Um, but uh, obviously, it's it's a little, it's not quite as straightforward, and it's I, I don't know. I, I just find myself revisiting a lot, revisiting it a lot. So yeah, that that's the one that I I really like. And if if I had to make a record.
recommendation to, to, to your listeners or whatever, I'd say find uh, Possession 82 and uh, give, it, give her a watch if you can find the Blu-ray. Fantastic. Yeah. That's cool. great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that. Well, thanks. Thank you very much for your time, man. It was yeah, a great, very good chat, and uh, yeah, it's great to see the film on Shutter yeah. and everything. Yeah, man. So it'll reach a much wider, so, yeah, much, much wider that. audience. Won't be like the old days of people hunting down. Yeah, for sure. DVDs and stuff. So. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you later. Thanks a lot. Hey, bye. Thank, thank you, you so much. So what I thought was really interesting about that interview actually is is that Rob really reacted badly to it being called a zombie film even yeah. though that's the headline way that it's it being is. promoted by yeah. Shudder because I mean they're not really zombies they're not no no, no they're not and, and you know we're, this is obviously slightly spoilery mm. and stuff but you can see in parts that it's not only that the compared to like um, you know we, we referenced in the interview like 28 days later and stuff where they're, they're infected but more in common with zombies mm -hmm. I think this is even like another step away from that yeah, yeah. because they're still being able to talk they're still exhibiting human behaviour um, and it seems to be like I, I, I didn't get this in, into the interview but it seems to be the sadness is something still that they are still like deeply trapped inside themselves somehow like you know the the sort of more normal part of them in there and stuff like yeah. you see them crying a bit and stuff so yeah and it's not explained which is great as well i think it, it would be there's no need to dive into in the film the nature of it and stuff but yeah but you're right it's not a you know it's packaged as a zombie film because why not but i think because it, it's, it's an easy sale really rather than trying to get into sale. all the detail of yeah they kind of run around doing these <laughs> depraved kind of <laughs> things to other people but yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely I mean, and, and you would although you would hate to see some like portraying to Busan fans mm -hmm. <laughs> thinking oh great another Asian zombie <laughs> and jumping jumping into the sadness expecting lots of tears and you know nice shots of people being kind to each other in mm -hmm. the space of a zombie apocalypse mm -hmm. compared to some of the less than kind yeah, of things that yeah. happen here yeah we don't we don't have that five, ten, fifteen minutes of melodrama right at the very end, do we? <laughs> no, no, we we, we certainly no, we, we certainly don't. And yet it has in general, as we touched on with him, the whole thing has a much more of an air of nihilism. Mm. You know, it, it's quite a dark film in that respect. I mean, it is whatever this is. You know, this virus is bringing out just the most horrible parts of people. And, you know, they're not so much zombies; it's just really nasty, nasty bastards people going around doing absolutely horrible things to each other and not just that but actually seeming to really quite enjoy doing take real it. glee in it that's absolutely how, yeah. yeah but um but also as we got into you know with him and stuff it is you know it's been referenced in conjunction to category three which is fair enough but it, only in terms of the level of content um it is there's nothing massively exploitation in the sort of way of titillation in this yeah. as well you'd, yeah. be, you'd be a yeah. pretty damaged person to actually start taking like real mm. you know real because it is it's you know it's dark even just the way the plot unfolds is dark and it's quite hopeless and everything like that and the splatter set pieces are spectacular mm. and the you know the effects are fantastic and stuff but there's nothing you're watching there you know you know loving seeing some of the tortures and the kind of the sexual parts of the violence happen mm. and everything like that no so it is no really it's pleasant. not yeah yeah yeah, but it, it, I mean, it does, it really does take pleasure in the sort of old school kind of yeah. um, prosthetics and all those kind of kind of style of it rather mm. than relying on flat CGI. and No, no, for sure. I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't agree more. And that kind of flat CGI stuff is kind of, for me, what started, you know, we had the great sort of sushi typhoon wave and stuff post yeah. like Tokyo Gore Place, and, but everything kind of after a while went, 
so much into away from people like you know um I said Nishimura's like effect and stuff. They started yeah. going so much into just the CGI and stuff. Yeah. Fair so enough. Low Robo budget. Geisha kind of yeah. moving on, really. Yeah, Robo I mean, Geisha was maybe one of the last ones. Robo Geisha and Helldriver, probably. And some of the ones after that, the, the, you were just getting into. I, I don't know. I mean, CGI gore is, is not a, a wonderful thing anyway. No, <laughs> but I, mean, we, we are, I mean, and we are definitely uh, of the old school sort of guinea pig. Well, pads. that's true. You know, there, there is, <laughs> I mean, yes, these things might be extreme, but there is a kind of a weird joy in, yeah. the, 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 in the way that these, you know, in the way that these movies work and, and the spectacle you get. And, and, you know, as we were talking about in the interview, this kind of kick, mm. kick you get from seeing this versus, yeah. you know, versus that very artificial... Uh, no, no, absolutely. And if this film was filled with just CGI gore and stuff like that, then it wouldn't have the impact it has. And it would, you'd be in a weird place where you're seeing horrific things, but you don't feel like any impact from them, whether, whether it's like a woohoo or a kick in the balls. You, know, you, need, you need to get something from it. And I don't think CGI gore most of the time gives you something. But I mean, CGI is, is a great tool used properly but realistically when we're talking about horror films most of them are operating on these mad low budgets mm. so they're just not doing proper CGI yeah and, stuff. So and it's, it's just and it's a fact that what you can do with a bit of bit of sort of latex rubber or sausages of course <laughs> the Romero days or dog you... soldiers sausages <laughs> <laughs> um, you know versus yeah, you can always figure stuff imagine. out. Like, even when we were shooting something in Italy, we literally just went to some dodgy butcher and he gave us a whole thing of like entrails and eyes and things like that and we dumped them on an unfortunate member of the cast. <laughs> and it looks, I mean, it's obviously, I mean, it looks as bad, well, not quite as bad as it smelled. But, that you know, it's maybe not always a healthy route, but it's... <laughs> You're gonna get a better, much better result than some yeah. of the CGI gore we, we see and stuff, and we still see in a lot of films. Even, um, I think action films in some ways suffer even more from yeah. it in horror when you're seeing like bullets which are to people and it just looks ridiculous yeah. sometimes. Yeah, you know, yeah, and with his background as a CG artist, um, it shows a real uh, confidence. I don't know or knowledge of it to, to, for him not to just be like, oh, I'm a CGI artist. We can use my CGI skills to do all this stuff. He's mm. obviously you know, so we heard in the interview very into and knowledgeable about, you know, what makes the horror film kind of tick, a spider yeah, film tick yeah, especially, yeah. which is cool. So The Sadness is available to stream exclusively on Shudder from the 12th of May. Nice. What's <laughs> So, James, do you have any Eastern kicks, picks for us this time? <laughs> Quite a few, not many. I mean, we, we actually haven't done any Eastern kicks picks for a while because there's been absolutely It seems like there's been nothing. slim pickings for, for, for a few months since, Mighty off the, you know, since all the kind of squid games and yeah, 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 for sure. You know, I mean, I mean, all of us are dead is probably our last kind yeah, of big Netflix. That's true. Story. But I mean, even, you know, I admit that I'm not diving into like the rom-com K-drama side of it too much, of which there does... There's still a lot filtering through to Netflix, yeah, um, which is fair enough. But there's no point in me talking about it because I'd just be randomly saying words. 
Yeah. Which is, no, I do it anyway. But anyway. Uh, so Shudder, obviously we've got the, the sadness. Uh, that, that's it. There's been nothing on Asian on Shudder for a while. Uh, Amazon. I mean, as I repeat every time, Amazon with their search facilities and whatnot. But I, I did find our old friends Terracotta's Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. Um, which I'm pretty sure wasn't there before. Or not at Amazon Prime. And yeah. It's a good one. It, it, it's a particularly wacky one. Uh, it, it's, it was another it's one... It's old school as well, isn't it? That's kind of... Proper old school. Yeah. I mean, it's really... Because it's quite a... It, it was done... I mean, it was released a while back now, but it was yeah. done fairly recently. But to, to look like the old school kind of VHS yeah, style... It, and it, it did a pretty good job of the film and stuff. It's another one which got kind of tagged but as being like a Japanese Evil Dead type stuff. Like so many... You know things like Evil Dead Trapped and stuff too, but it's pretty good. Yeah, and it's not long either. It's kind of Pinku film length, as I recall. So that's if you haven't seen it, that's on Amazon Prime. For those who aren't Pinku fans, can you just tell us what Pinku length is? Uh Japanese films which are I, there. There is actually a number, and it's like <laughs> sixty eight minutes or sixty nine minutes or something, which you shouldn't be over technically. Um, and there are films which kind of like they can either border on, you know, they're kind of soft core. Mm-hmm. But they, or they could get into more sort of racy things, or they could get into some of the ones which I've not enjoyed reviewing, which, which turn out to be sort of sex torture films and everything, <laughs> or some horror <laughs> films which kind of labelled into it. So it's um, routine. But as a definition of time, it's about it's a, yes, it's, it's about just just seventy minutes, sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much all I can really say about Pinky films, not being an expert and not being, you know massively keen to dive into because it's a so much stuff it, I mean it tags on to like the old Japanese V cinema stuff there's, mm-hmm. there's so much stuff out there that you would need to dive properly into it to be able mm. to say with any authority mm-hmm. but they're usually not very long I'll say that yeah <laughs> well, no, diverting you from the from the anything else on Amazon uh, no not that I can find man I mean I, but who can uh, and even if you can uh, like when you get around to watching it you find actually it's, it's not on Prime anymore and, or it's a dodgy pan and scan or it's some mad Person's a weird ratio, yeah. Which we can't think why they've done it, but um, anyway, Netflix, um, couple things at least. I mean, there's another young Sang Ho, you know, our old friend, another one of his series is, is on there. It's 2020 series, so it is a slightly older one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not really created so much stir as stuff like you know, Hellbound and everything. It's, he only wrote it, but uh, seems to it seems like a kind of wacky plot about a reporter who's investigating. And this one is called the cursed. Sorry, the cursed. Yeah. The cursed. Yeah. He's investing in like an evil IT company, who with with some psychic girl or something. And the trailer's okay, but th- there's the nothing thing, about this, it which this, grabs was me. The, and, and and again, we I'm I'm not a, a, an expert on what they did, but there is a mm. film version of this which I oh, think man. is a continuation. But <sighs> this is this is it's, it's a bit gone. confusing. It gets very confusing because yeah. there's about three or four films, and when I was talking to. Um, <laughs> You know, my pal Cub over in Hong Kong, so he was feeding me the titles which were translated from obviously Korean to Hong Kong to English and stuff, and they're all pretty much the same. The <laughs> cursed, cursed. There's another it, cursed investigate. You know, something. There's so many of these ones which have very, very similar titles, and when you throw Hellbound into the mix, Hell and everything like that, it's just. So I don't know, but th- this one seems more on the sort of slightly wacky side, mm. the sort of K comedy drama with bit of floppy hair bouncing around and stuff but you know if I'm bored I might check it out but <laughs> I'm not going to stand by it 
Uh, one of the bigger films, I guess, which is The Pirates, The Last Royal Tre- Treasure. I mean, you, you remember The Pirates. I, I do, guess. and I do remember, apart from coming back to CG, I, did, I thought the CG kind of held it back a bit. But Oh, that's actually, right. The, yeah, the giant whale, right? Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. In, in small bits. But actually, it was. I remember enjoying it. It was pretty I, fun. Yeah, it was, it was quite... It was fun. But this film is, is a bit weird. It's, it's not a sequel. Spiritual it's, sequel. Spiritual sequel. <laughs> Isn't that kind of basically the same plot again? It looks like exactly yeah, the yeah. same plot. A bunch of miscreants are traveling around looking for a missing treasure, yeah. a royal treasure, and running into trouble with the authorities, but not really being very bad. You know, not full on pirates or anything. So it looks okay. Apparently, it was uh, it was actually it's one of the, a lot of the ones which were seen on Netflix were supposed to be released in cinemas in Korea, then got sold to Netflix because of COVID mm. and stuff. But this actually did get released. I think it was shot in IMAX and it was released there, so it actually did very well in Korea and stuff um, so it might might be more worth checking out uh, trailer trailers if you show me the trailer the two of them back to back I probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference but it looks okay-ish mm. uh, it's over two hours so I probably won't watch it because <laughs> I'm old <laughs> if and, only everything was pinky uh, <laughs> well actually that's true I could probably fit in a lot more films a night but uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, last one uh, Yaksha Ruthless Operations which has got um, So Kyung Goo from the Public Enemy films in it oh yeah. Um, okay. yeah, yeah I'm not sure if it was actually shot in China but it, it's set in uh, Shenyang in mainland China it's another like, espionage one or some what, what they refer to as um, <laughs> black black spies or things like that which I, I'm guessing doesn't mean Black box, I suppose. Is uh, I'm guessing. Through. I'm guessing it's not a perfect English because Netflix are, are not always very good with their descriptions. To be fair, so it just seems like yeah, sort of. Even before you get any differences in language in there, <laughs> well, no, no. I think it's too much effort sometimes. But it's it's another sort of spy espionage one. Everything, but it looks like everyone has pretty colourful costumes, which puts me off it. <laughs> well, it, it's you know you get a spy thing as a spy thing. Even when we get some super stylish, like old Cliff Walkers and stuff like that um, which is a period piece you know I mean, that's it's one a period thing, piece you know. but I mean I, I don't know I mean just seeing a trailer and everyone's wearing like wacky like costumes and stuff and just puts me right off it mm-hmm. when it's being described as an espionage thriller and maybe it's not really an espionage thriller so I'm not massively selling this because it doesn't look great to me I've got, I've got to say and again it's over two hours <laughs> surprise surprise there you go man. come on that, that's all they right. need to be much snappier with these films they do they, they should be I mean mm. especially on, on I honestly I mean I think this is something in which streaming stuff is lagging a bit behind if these I think maybe this is still like maybe the final batch of films we were in shot for cinemas and put out online and stuff but I mean as we know online veers towards TV or slightly shorter films so, Either that or it's a whole miniseries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a mini, one miniseries or TV series or a shorter film, like a two hour 20 mm. f- film could be like a three, you know, three episode limited series. Yeah. And I'd prefer that for sure. So, oh, there you go. Very slim pickings, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. for now don't forget you can find all of our previous episodes on apple amazon music spotify google or wherever you get your podcast mm. subscribe and you'll never miss an episode <laughs> but for now cheers yeah just do it